Charlie. Yes, sir. We got quite the guest yes. on Clarksville's conversation this episode. I know. You guys are making me feel short. I keep trying to prop your <laughs> chair up. Jim, I can't Jimmy, get how tall are you? I can't. So I'm actually six two and a half, but my dad told me he was six three. He said, if you get taller than me, you gotta leave the house. So I, <laughs> true story. Yeah, so well, I stopped at six six two and a half. So he bought you <laughs> some stacks yeah. and told you yeah. to hit the road. Yeah, basically. My dad was six three, I'm six two. Yeah. Well, I'm not. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. Jimmy, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. You are quite the community figure. You do a lot. For the community, been with the fire department for what, 30? 34 years. You start when you were five? I started when I was a young lad. No. <laughs> started with the city actually at 18, yeah. and then started with the city in, at 21. I'll be 53 my birthday. Okay. Still trudging along. Gonna be 53. Yeah. It's a good year for me. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How long ago was that, Charlie? It's been a couple minutes. <laughs> but yeah, Are you over 53? <laughs> barely. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. Charlie's way of saying move on. Move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm barely over it. I'm barely over it. I, I had to get over it. It but comes yeah. fast. I tell you that. <laughs> but yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy's been around a minute, and uh, I've I've watched him kind of kind of grow up through his through his father. You know, mm-hmm. it's been it's been good. Talk about that growing up in Clarksville. With your dad. That's a lot to uncover was, right now. <laughs> like I said at his funeral, it was what you saw is what you got. Mm-hmm. He didn't change once he got home. It didn't falter at any way. Yep. So when you saw the way he was, his mannerism, his beliefs, it never changed at home. If anything, it got, he amped it up. So it, 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 it was good to have, but... I said this one time, we got 90, 10% of him and the community got 90%. Yeah, Yeah, because your dad, Pastor Terry, was so involved in the community and such an icon of Clarksville for so many years. And a person that honestly never met a stranger. Sure. The first time I met your dad, I'm like, he didn't know me from Adam, but he, he treated me like he'd known me for my whole life. And he was that person with everybody. And you're right, you grow up. And he's so involved in the community and did so much for the community. That is yeah. a that is a balancing act when you're so out in the front, right? Yes, yes, 100%. Because every time you go somewhere, and I almost feel it for my daughter, it's not the same, but she, I can see her just get to the side because when you go certain places, people just come up to you and talk and this and that. Yeah. And you really don't have that moment just to be present with whoever you're with. So, right. It, but growing up with him was fantastic. It was it was almost like a show, but a good show to watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. It's a good way to for put sure. it. Yeah. I, I knew it was something different when I was in, I think, eighth grade. And Ned Mc, uh, Governor Ned McWerther yeah. Yeah. was elected. Yeah. And my dad did the inaugural prayer. That's not normal. Yeah, Most kids right. can't go to school sure, and say, sure hey, that. listen, uh, yeah, yeah. my dad's down at the Capitol. He's doing the, the inaugural, inaugural prayer for the so, new yeah. governor. You're the only kid that gets to yeah. tell that story at school. Yeah, and that was that was different. So you knew then. And that was in the early 80s. So, yeah. Yeah, he was consistent. Yeah. Driving that white car around, holding his sign out. Funny thing about that white car. He was such a person that, you know, he said that he wanted to make sure that his mission was going towards the glorification of God. Then right. One day I saw the car and it looked a tad different. He got the same car and it just had a half a vinyl roof, but it looked the same as the other one yeah. because he said, I can't be on the community asking for this, asking for that. 
and I'm getting a flashy car. Yeah. So he needed a new car. Right. And got the same. Got the exact car. same. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. If you didn't know, you would have never known. But I was like, oh. He said, oh, yeah, it's a little bit different. New car, but it was yeah. the same car. The exact same car. exact same car. You never would have known. It was used, but it was the same car. Same right, year. right, right. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it was. He that's was fantastic. Did I, you know there were two white cars, Pastor Terry? I, I did had? not know there were two. <laughs> it was two. But uh, there are a lot of things I, I do know about him, and I won't go into all of them. But, you know, I still have uh, many handwritten notes from Pastor Terry on uh, love and advice and just the things that, that yeah, he would 100%. do. And uh, even if it came to a chamber event, here are some things to think about while you're doing your event, like when you're up there speaking mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So so I'll keep those near and dear to me. Jimmy and I have talked about it a lot. And it, uh, he, he, man, what a guy. Yeah. Speaking about the chamber event, I think the, I think the same year that he passed, yep. he, he got the Lifetime Achievement Award. He did. Yeah. And he, he, did. Couldn't, he could not attend. So... I was there, and yeah. when it came time to receive it, some people couldn't hear, but others could. Yeah. I opened up the cell phone on speaker, and he said something to the crowd. Yeah. And one of the things that Charlie was instrumental in making that stay forever was he said, Clarksville is a great place to live. Yeah. And he wanted that to be known. So. Yeah, that's right. And now it's that's on right. um, Riverside Drive. Down on Riverside Drive yeah. yep. on the monument. Yeah, on the monument. And it's so true. You know, it's like it, it took it took your dad saying it to everyone realizing, realize, you know what? He's right. It is a great place to live. For you growing up, though, you have this dad that is so involved in the community, is always out and about. Everybody knows. You talked about it a little bit with your with your daughter. Was that for you? Was that inspiring? And I'm sure it probably came and, and went with time where it was inspiring sometimes. And other times you just wanted your dad to be a regular dad and not have all the, you know, all of that attached to who your dad was. What was your childhood like? And was it a rebel or was it an embrace or how did that go? The childhood party, he was very, very staunch about certain things. Uh, I can remember uh, coming home from baseball practice one year at one time in the backyard and I was throwing the ball up in the air and I was throwing up in the dark. He said, hey, boy, stop throwing that ball. You're going to hurt yourself. And I threw it up a couple more times. He said, all right, if you're going to be a fool, take those glasses off. I don't want you to break them. Next throw in the air, boom. Whack. Hit me in the eye. But then I test. I said, well, I took my glasses off. That's why I think I got hit in the eye. You couldn't, but see, yeah, I couldn't see the ball. I promise you. And then when I thought about it later on when I got older, I said, I got hit in the eye because I took my glasses off. But he, he, was, he was bigger than life still. Yeah, I can remember when we lived in Ohio. And we would throw football, and he would come home from the church because he had a church in Ohio. Mm. He would take off his coat in a three-piece suit and throw the football up and down the street with us. Come home, I'll be cutting the yard to give me a relief in the zip-up boots, the three-piece half suit, start cutting the grass. So he was a character. I mean, it was different, but it was always joyous to watch it. And he, he had his, his ways, but he was loved. Yeah. And I'm sure faith, too. I mean, that played a big part of your father's life. What was that like for for you growing up? Some of the things, that's how we ended up in Clarksville. Mm -hmm. I mean, so he had just built a church in Dayton, Ohio, Harvest Grove. (laughs) It was in the area, I would say, almost like if it was in maybe around Happy Hollow or Five Points. But it was a nice, big church. Everybody in the community went there. We were going to, I went to a private school, Corpus Christi, but then he had a friend here at Mount Olive 
And we came down. He just wanted him to guest preach that one Sunday. And so we all say, oh, let's go down to Tennessee. Next thing I know, Pastor Cunningham, who left, said, hey, they really liked it. Want to know if you want to interim pastor. And they called him to preach here. And so we went from going to a private school in Ohio, have a new church and everything, moving to Tennessee. We never even heard of it. I promise you. I told my friends, I said, man, we're going to be having horses. <laughs> I promise you. I mean, you got to think. We moved here in 78, 79. Yeah. So Dayton, Ohio was a metropolitan, you know, it was oh, a yeah. thriving city. Right. My mother's brother was the chief of police in Dayton, had all kind of relatives. And my dad said, hey, God called us to move here. So that was a, a leap of faith right then to, to, to see that happen. Oh, and people don't realize that 1978 Clarksville is <laughs> what 40,000 people maybe? Maybe. Yeah. And yeah. there is there is no Governor Square Mall, there is no Starbucks in every corner. There is nothing to do and it come from Dayton, Ohio where there right. was a whole lot of things to go on private school Dayton, Ohio. And next thing you know, you're in a public school in a very yeah. small Clarksville. More elementary, I remember it. Yep. That's Never a good school. Good. Yeah, I mean, I love more, but you coming from Corpus yeah. Christi, oh yeah, uh, Catholic school, it was like what? When when did way. when did they start school at the church? Do you remember? What? Oh man, I'm trying to think how how far how far back that goes, but that just shows you how how important education was to him as well. Right, that always was his vision, and I think sometimes not in a bad way. But he elapsed. He had his his goal was so strong for the school. And I've told my mother this. That he was so. Into the school situation that he was a simple man, same yeah. car. Yeah. Twice. Same suit. He yeah. wasn't extravagant, but he didn't realize for my point of view, the parishioners wanted a sanctuary you have to you he didn't yeah. care about that yeah yeah but it would get yeah. pushed back over and over and over to this day it's in the same house that they bought at the beginning from miss austin that church is still a, it has an addition yeah. built to it but you can still go through the old house and i think after a while the the congregation kind of was like almost envious of the school the the church could sustain the school but the school could not sustain the church. Yeah. So I think at one point long ago, if he had to just thrown the, and I, I don't mean it in a bad way, right. thrown them a bone yeah. because he didn't care anything about it. Yeah. But everybody else in that church had upgraded houses. Yeah. You know, they have flat screen TVs, but you still, that's your most pride place where you go, your congregation, your right. church. Right. And that never happened for them. That's yeah. how he was into it. But I think that's where it kind of, kind of wobbled right there. He yeah. Didn't, he didn't give them a bone. I'd, I'd kind of like to hear London's version of describing you and your version of describing your dad to see what similarities there are. Oh, totally. Totally uh, the same. I, I catch yeah. myself. Oh, yeah. She has done piano, violin, guitar, volleyball, private lessons, uh, photography, basketball, private lessons. The difference is when she wanted to stop, I would let her because my father was so you're going to do this. You're going to finish yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. she even told me, she said, man, I wish you had made me do a couple of things. Yeah. But I think it hampered me because I would pull back. Right. Because I, I remember people understand I was taking continuing education classes from Austin P uh, photography classes at camera world. Mr. Gene Washer <laughs> gave my father a 
a typewriter. Yeah. A IBM. I remember IBM yeah. typewriter in the summer because I had typing classes that I had to type out so many things before I could go play. I remember that little ball going. I did that. Yeah. Stuff at piano lessons, typing lessons, shorthand lessons. He was always into that to where. Yeah. But I tell London sometimes I said, I'll catch my I will catch myself and say, oh, man. Something grandfather. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to make you type. You can stop typing. Oh, well, main example. She texts me um, for Christmas. She said, hey, I want to dye my hair. She's never done it. Did it once and it grew out. I I said, you can't keep doing it. But she highlighted it and it's grown out. She said, can I do it like a a soft burgundy and straighten it? And my first intention is like, girl, you're not. But then I had to come back to myself. You're 17 years old, right? Straight A student, going to middle college. Yeah, yep. if that's what you want to do, do it. But my father would be like, "Nope, nope, <laughs> that'd have been it." So yeah, I have to catch myself. You and, didn't say take your glasses off. <laughs> <laughs> you get I can see it. I threw it up. He said, "Boy, take your glasses off." <laughs> Next time, bam. And now that I think about it, I said, "Yeah, I got hit in the eye." Yeah, I got hit in the eye because of that. Yeah. So saying that, it, it's it's very uh, some of the stories I can tell you. But he yeah, was a yeah. very as fun as he was. He was comical. Yeah. Oh, he could laugh and he would, man, we would have good times. Even towards the end, I tell my sister this, that he put on such, not an air, but he had such a wall up yeah. that he was always father, Pastor Terry, even as my adulthood. But towards the end, he started loosening it up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't telling crazy jokes, but the camaraderie, he let his guard down and man, I, the memories from then. I, yeah. Yeah. He went under, went under hospice. Yep. I mean, what was it? Six, seven weeks. It wasn't. Yeah. A, it was yeah. a long time when, yeah. Yeah. when that happened, and it was enjoyable. Isn't it funny when you you grow up and your your dad has to be a certain way? I'm thinking of my dad as well. You know, you gotta you gotta raise these boys, right? And so you gotta stay on them. Mm-hmm. You gotta make them work. You gotta have this this strong front that you present, and then how your relationship changes with your parents as you get older. Mm-hmm. And how at some point I realized in my life, I'm like, my dad, who I always knew my dad loved me, never questioned it once, but he wasn't a person to say it and he wasn't a person to demonstrate it physically. So he wasn't, he was not a hugger. My dad was not a hugger growing up. <laughs> he was not a, I love you person. But at some point that changed and you go like, wait a minute, the relationship's completely different now in a yeah. beautiful way. 100%. Like he's done his job and now we can just have that different relationship. 100%. I, um, even when you say that, he would always say, I love you, I love you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I can, he was one of those ones, I can just think about it, he was always available. Something as simple, like back then, parents weren't bringing their, wasn't bringing their children food. Right. I could tell them one day, say, hey, can you bring me McDonald's? Mm. Sure enough, I could see a long trench coat with that hat on. Yep. Stuff like that, little things, he would do that. Mm. But then I can remember one year, I don't know if I ever told this story. I might have said it before, but in eighth grade at Richview, I messed up on my uh, second semester of English. <laughs> and yeah. Mr. Burchett told my father, he said, hey, he was Miss Bryce and Mr. Burchett said, hey, he's a good kid. He just messed up. We're going to go ahead and pass him. I uh-uh. said, absolutely not. 
<laughs> and not only that, he said, first of all, he said, son, you don't do things like that because then you owe someone. He said, you did it, you pay for it. But I had to walk to summer school from <laughs> Swan Lake Drive to Richmond. Oh, and this was those summers oh, back yeah. then where, I mean, it was blistering. I mean, you were melted to the pavement. And he made you're going down, what are you were going down, what are you going on, uh, Warfield? You went, you went all the way down Dunbar Cave Road. Uh-huh. Then you went up Warfield, up the hill to the school. <laughs> oh, That's one way. Both ways. <laughs> Caught a ride one time. You can. You might be the only person I know that can say you went to school uphill both ways. Oh, both ways. Because yeah. you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's just the way he was. Yeah. He yeah. he didn't he didn't falter. But he was fair but strict. Yeah. Yeah. It's undescribable. But for you, now we're gonna shift the focus to you. Yeah. That's right. You know. What made you want to stay in Clarksville? Because you grew up in, in Dayton, and all of a sudden you're brought to this small little town. What was it about Clarksville that made you go like, okay, I don't miss Dayton anymore. This is my this is my home. Okay, well, so I've always worked at the fire department, and a lot of people don't know it. Some people at the fire department know this. So my, like, you know, my father who was who he was. So everywhere you went, if you were out, somebody said, hey, Aren't, aren't you past Terry, son? Oh, hey, Jimmy, how you doing? Da, da. And it's not that I was doing things bad, right. but everywhere I went, it was, here he is. So at one point I started dating this young lady that lived in Nashville. Yeah. Hung out with her a little bit, would spend the night in Nashville a little bit. And then when we <laughs> broke up, long story short, I lived in Nashville for 15 years. Yeah. Nobody yeah. even knows that because I always came back to the fire department to, for work. I made that drive. What a mm-hmm. nut. I, I, I don't know how I did that. I would yeah, drive every yeah, third yeah. day to Nashville and back, Nashville and back. Wow. So yeah. met my ex-wife, London's mother, and when it came time for her to go to school, I wanted her to have favor, and I said, well, I'm coming back to Clarksville. Yeah. And so I had a chance to be away somewhat yeah. and, and feel the difference, but there's no place like you know Clarksville at home. I can see why, though. I can see why you, you, Nashville looks so attractive, because you want to kind of be your own man. You want to set your own legacy and you want to be able, especially when you get older, you want to step out of the shadow of your father, even though your father is beloved. You love your dad. Everyone loved your dad. But at some point you wanted to be your own man and you couldn't do that here because everywhere you went, you're like, oh, you're Pastor Terry's kid. Hey, Pastor Terry's kid. Every time. At some point you didn't want to be Pastor Terry's kid anymore. You just wanted to be Jimmy. Well, and I was younger. So even to the point. He was such a, uh, in a, such a fashion, how he was, even be somewhere and drinking a beer, you thought you might've been doing something crazy. Right. So that, even that right there, you didn't want to put a bad light on him. And as I told people before, I'm not the pastor. So, but still, that was still an idea in my mind that I had to act a certain way, be a certain way. Yeah. I don't think about people that don't have clergy as parents realize that like nobody cares. My dad's a floor installer. Nobody cares. They see me out drinking a beer, Right. <laughs> but you're the son of basically Clarksville's pastor. Yeah, let's, let's call your dad yeah. what he was. He was Clarksville's pastor. Sure. Yeah. You know, they see you out there and they go, did you see pastor Terry's boy was out yeah. there drinking? Pastor, and, and then it, it turned into Pastor was drinking a beer. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know how things turn out. Right, yeah. right. Pastor drinking a beer. Right. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And there's a lot of worse things you could do than drink a beer, too. But you, you, you're just mindful of, you know, but but in real life, we all need to be that way anyway. Yeah, 100%. We need to all be mindful. You can go out and have a good time, but we still need to set you a good have example. a barometer, yeah, yeah. a barometer yeah. of some yeah. sort. But when I moved back, it was, 
it was a different light that I had on the city and just the appreciation of it because Nashville was fun. And believe it or not, I still ran to people that, hey. <laughs> so, yeah. like I'm in Nashville, what yeah. the heck? But it was better to move back. And it was yeah. just humbling to know like, hey, to this day, you st- it, it always cracks me up. If Trish, my girlfriend's with me or my daughter, I'll go yeah. somewhere and I'll say, hey, how you doing? Every time I say, Jimmy Terry. I can see the wheels turn in people's head. It, it, it's almost yeah. yes, that Jimmy turn. Terry. But then they say, "Jimmy Terry." Oh yeah, but a friend of mine's sister works in a hospital, and she yeah. said that they were prepping a gentleman, and he was laid down, and they were talking about Thanksgiving. Richard Smith, and he said that his sister was talking, say, "Yeah, we so and so is gonna be there," and yeah, uh, JT Jimmy Terry's gonna be there. She said that the guy raised up and said, "Jimmy Terry." I love that man. He was a great man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but seriously. And I said, you got to be kidding. She said, no, he was laying down being prepped for surgery and raised up and said that. So things like that. Yeah. It, it's uh, Well, one, one thing he taught you that I lo- love about you is your ability to lay down a prayer. Oh. And I'm not going to ask you to do it right now, but Friday morning I might. <laughs> At Life Group. Oh, I will. I will. The, the, the thing is, I've learned... He told me if somebody says, I've seen been somewhere when somebody say, hey, will you say a prayer? And it gets real quiet. Yeah. He said, somebody speak up for Jesus, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I'm conscientious when I do a prayer not to draw it out. Yeah. Understand what it is. Mm-hmm. Hit the points. I've done that flying high. I've done a candlelight. You, you have to know that you're doing the prayer and not the Gettysburg Address. Just, <laughs> That's true. Just, just do the prayer. Some people That's are like, you're like, come on, man. I mean. We got to eat. And just get the to point, the hits. Just, just get yeah. to the, yeah, say what you're here for. Thank God get for Get to this. the hits. <laughs> and, and do it. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Personally, though, well, a question about, you, about your faith. I mean, growing up in a very religious household with a father who has a very deep, deep, beautiful faith. Mm-hmm. I, anybody that knew your dad. Sometimes you see people and you go, I don't know if they're buying what they're selling. Your dad was buying what he was selling, hook, line, and sinker. I never saw a man who I felt truly loved his faith and lived his faith, and his faith was such a part of him. I mean, he's had an incredible faith. It was a little extreme to to me. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize as I got older and and developing my own faith, because I got baptized at a young age, but that's why I had the opportunity when I moved away because, you know, my father would get up reading the scripture, sometimes writing it on the mirror. You saw he had to sign out. And at one point I really said, if this is Christianity, I'm out. Yeah. Because right. that, but that was his way of doing it. Right. And so I realized I went to um, Mount Zion, Bishop Walker in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I've, then I attended, when I came back here, I went to Grace and Adam was a pastor. Right. And now my father highly recommended Pastor Mike, and it took me this long to circle to life point. But then I saw that there's a happy medium that you could. I said to a friend one time, I said, I didn't realize Christianity was cool because my father made it so extreme. Mm, yeah. And, and, and not in a bad way, but right. that was his way of doing it. Like that, I was like, oh man, there's no way that this is the blueprint. But that was his way the right. buttons, the pins, the signs. And people asked me to do it. Like even at his funeral, Somebody tried to put a button on me, and I said, that was his message. I mean, you all wear it, right? but I don't want to try to mimic and do like uh, right. I saw Brent Parchman today. He said, 
you need to get that sign out. I still have the sign he used to put out. He, yeah. said, he said, you need to get that out. And I was like, but that was his message. That right. was his way. Yep. So when you say his faith, he, and by all means, that he lived it. But it's not for everyone to live in that fashion. You have to find your own way. Sure. Yep. You know, your 100%. dad, and I think we all kind of rebel against our parents because they'll oh. do something. And we're like, ah, I'm not doing it like mom and dad do. And then as you come around, mm-hmm. you find your own way to it and say like, okay, this yep. is my way into dad's world. And, it, and it's a happy medium. Uh, but I was a preacher's kid for sure. Rebelled, yeah. didn't do the, the opposite. But you find that, like I said, it sounds corny, but there's a way that you can be a Christian. It's still cool. It's not a bad thing. But I seriously, when I was like, oh, if this is what it's all about, <laughs> the way he's doing it, I'm not doing all that. I don't want the same white Cadillac for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to continue to do the same thing. But that was his message and his way. And it touches a lot of people to this yeah. day. I mean, uh, when he passed, a gentleman walked up into me in Walmart, Carhartt, uh, Clothes, older white gentleman. He said, "Your dad's called me every Wednesday or something at five thirty, and we used to pray." <coughs> and it was fresh, and this gentleman started crying. Wow! And, and just things like that. And I was like, "Okay, that worked." And he touched a lot of people doing that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And so so Jimmy here is is a cool Christian, and I know that because I was sitting at church on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and my phone rings, <laughs> and it was You're him. Supposed to I'm, silence your phone. It was silence, but, I, but I noticed it. And I'm like, we're like a minute before your showtime. I was still in the and window. And I said, man, what are you doing? I said, I'm at church. He goes, me too. Look over your shoulder. And he was, <laughs> he was 50 feet across the room. I went, oh, uh, hey. well, look at you. Yeah. He, he didn't want to get up and come <laughs> greet me. He just wanted, to, make sure he he just wanted to hit me. But yeah, and it's, it's really good to have people like Charlie, Pastor uh, Mike, and different people in our small group to let you know that. It's a good thing, and it has. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the extreme, and it works. Out. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's a true story. I was out. I was out eating somewhere. This was years ago. My wife and I were out for dinner, and I'd had a couple. She yeah. was driving, and as I'm leaving, someone came up to me and said, "Excuse me." I'm like, "Yeah." Are you Pastor Mike Burnett? <laughs> I was like, no. Why, yes, I am. Would you like to buy me a drink? And they're like, you're right. Oh, my right. God. That would be a killer. Like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I had met Mike a couple of other times. And then I saw him a couple of days later out at a restaurant. And I said, Mike, you'll never believe this, but... Someone actually asked me if I was you. Yeah. You're so day. tall. Because we look nothing alike. Tall and glasses. <laughs> right. There you go. Tall and glasses. Pastor Mike. Yeah. He's 100%. a great. He's a great guy. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you, you've got. You've. I'm gonna dial it back just a second. Yeah. Go <laughs> ahead. So you're fireman. You're doing it yep. for years. You're a realtor. How long you been doing that? We've been doing real estate. I think I'm coming up on my 11th year. Yeah. 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 And it's that is. Something that I didn't think I would ever do. Yeah. As a matter of fact, a good friend of mine, love him or hate him or whatever, Rick Rita, he started the car lot years ago. Yeah. We used to work at the street department, yeah. fire department together. He said, I'm going to do a car lot, get you 30000 get you a couple cars. And I, I moved to Nashville, didn't do it. Yeah. He was very successful in that. And then he started building. He said, go get your license. He said, you missed the car lot boat. Don't miss this house boat. <laughs> yeah. So I went and got my license <laughs> and man... What a a career, a short career of yeah. helping people, but still just a two-week class. 
it paid off. Yeah. <laughs> He's thinking, I don't want to be in this class. Yeah, but right. it and paid now. off. And it's been, you know, just helping people, working with people. That That's something that I really enjoy. I heard that someone told me that in Clarksville, 10% of the realtors get 90% of the business and 90% of the realtors are fighting for the other 10%. Have you found that to be true, especially continuing with the boom? It it really is. It, this is what happens a lot with real estate. You work with someone or someone, like even friends hear you talk about it. Two realtors, three realtors came out the fire department that used to come after me yeah. before or after and we would talk about it. I said, oh man, I just sold two, three houses, blah, blah, blah. And you're real frank with them and candid. There's like, they think it's easy, which they, it worked out for them, but people see you do it and they think, hey, hey, tell me what it's like to be a realtor. I think I want to be one. And they just see the front part yeah, right. and they don't realize. They see the glamour. They the don't glamour. see the endless and hours. And, and it, it is true. I had a friend who does concrete and I said every summer, I said, hey, man, let me help you, Ray. Let me help you. Because I would always see them trowling it out. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. He said, you do not want to do this. And finally, I was the best man at his wedding. He said, come on, come work with me one summer. And we did pool bottoms and we had uh. to put down the rebar and grade it and all the gravel. And I was like, I'm, I'm out. out. <laughs> I did the summer, but that was crazy. So same thing. People see the end and think, oh, I can do this. Yeah. So real estate, we, I think we have probably 1,100 realtors now, but. It's, it's changing now. They're figuring it, figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> they're figuring it out. Yeah, they're saying, oh. And and right now is not the hottest time in the market. Not the hottest time. And I can say this. I I tell a lot of agents, I, t- I tip my hat to them. If I wasn't a firefighter who works eight days out of the month and have a salary, I would not be a realtor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's hard to supplement, especially with yeah. the way things are right now. I mean, 8, 8% interest rates and yeah. you know houses, there's not a whole lot of them. Exactly. So it's not the easiest job in the world. You're right. If you're not a firefighter, that would be. Oh, if that was your soul, you know, your soul means and you're waiting to close. And then somebody says, oh, yeah, I bought some furniture. I went and got open a new credit line. Like, uh, now they're not qualified anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would drive me crazy. I told you not to do now, that. I'm like, okay, I'll catch you when you come back. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's been a good market at one time. We're almost recession proof here. That's one thing. Yeah. Before Campbell really shelters us from a lot. Yeah. Which is good. Big time. Wow. Man. I'm so glad you made time to come see us today. I'm glad you asked me to come. uh, Yeah, man. I enjoy it. It's Clarksville's a great place to live. I I've had good memories with a lot of people here and yeah. We're gonna keep making memories. Oh, we're gonna keep making memories all the time. I uh I'll tell you a story. I can't think of something my dad had told. It was something about him. I can't. I tell you, you know, I I, I keep going back to your dad, and I, I can't help it because I, I had a really good relationship with him. But I tell you what, one thing he would do, if you were just somewhere and there was a lot of people and he was talking to them, he'd look at you and go, all right, Charlie, tell him what you think. And I'd be like, oh, my goodness, I was just watching. And he would, you, you better be prepared. Because he was going to call you out. I went up one time to see the kids in the school. And he said, this is Charlie, my friend, and I want you to meet him. Charlie, tell him what you're doing. I went, yes, sir. You can't say no. Oh, you better be ready. And better be prepared. He, he gets you. He would put you in so many different situations, but he always taught us. That's yeah. Not yep. even just the Bible. When I say he was a unique gentleman, I told my girlfriend. I told him. I said, "This. Let me show you how iron really is supposed to work." Yeah. Because my father taught me the point, the shirt, the how the ironing board works. Yeah. How you use a broom 
crazy things that he yeah. said. No, that broom, you don't stab it. You That corner's for the corners. Different things that he would teach you. Uh, I have a book at the house called 101 Poems that we had when we were kids. And you can see our thumbprints in it where we would hold it and was reading uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, Rudyard Kipling, uh, Mending Walls, that uh, Invictus, uh, things like that, that you got to think he was so different. Uh, I'll show you pictures later on, Charlie. Mm-hmm. I was born, mind this, in the 70s, I was born cross-eyed. <laughs> I'm serious. I got baby. My baby pictures. I'm talking about not corrective. I'm talking about like yeah. cartoon cross eye. Right. If it wasn't for the mindset of my father back then, I told somebody. I said, I, I mean, not against it. I said, I'd be a greeter in Walmart. You wouldn't even know me. You'd be like, oh, you mean that cross eyed man at Walmart? In the seventies, at the age, it had to be about two and a half or three. I had a surgery. Where they took my eyes out and corrected it. My father had that tenacity to say, I want better for my son. Yeah, yeah. So he was always doing things like that. Like hmm. to this day, you got to think about it, in night. Okay, so if I was born in seventy, that was in nineteen seventy three. What family, nevertheless, a black family, hmm. is getting a surgery for their kid to not be, yeah. you know, before yeah. it just be like, oh, there's JT, he's cross eyed, <laughs> right? Things like that. So yeah. he was always doing things different, so, yeah. differently. So when I tell you, he had us reading poetry, and, and for anyone, man or woman, woman. Yeah. Read If by Reggie Kipling. You can apply that to your life in any aspect. I'm writing it down. If by Reggie Kipling. Yep. It, it, at one point it says, if you can bear to hear the words you've spoken twisted by nays to make traps for fools. Or, you know, it's it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, that, that's wow. what I'm checking out. I'm Googling it as soon as we're yeah, done here. I promise you. You <laughs> Later on you say, man, that was a deep point. If by Reggie Kipling. Wow. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you for having me. All right, brother. Subscribe to Clarksville's Conversation wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on a single conversation.